0: Really got a try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over and he uh, head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out.
1: Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that brings you. News, results, analysis, lovely interviews, and much more. So thanks. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for listening. If you can be bothered, uh, why don't you get in touch? I can always be found on Twitter. I am at of Scrum. I'm on the Insta as the Scrum of the Earth podcast, and I'm at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So ours is a weekly podcast. My pledge, as always, is to bring you coverage 52 weeks out of the year, which last time I checked is all of them. Of course, it hasn't actually been a year since I've been recording, so I imagine you're all waiting with bated breath to see if I can fulfill that promise. Uh, It's worth noticing, last week was episode 14, and 14 is exactly one-third of 52, which means we just passed a nice milestone, the one-third milestone. So to all of you early listeners, thank you so much for coming along. It's just been so much fun. In any event, this is not a weekly installment. This is not a regular episode. This is yet another bonus app. And this time I have another fantastic interview for you. So my friends over at the Jax Rangers podcast have already interviewed my current guest more than once, and he's just always been great. But as you know, one of the coolest things about my relationship with Jax Rangers is we're both doing different things. You know, And because of this, rather than being sort of competitors, we're just like-minded creators who love rugby. Phil is the master of all things Free Jacks, while I'm trying to sort of spend more time looking at the global stage. And if you love, uh, love rugby like both of us do, I think you'll get something different out of both podcasts. Phil, shout out to you. Looking forward to our next gab. In any event, in case you hadn't put it together yet, my guest today is Tom Kindly, the new England Free Jacks hardworking sports management and high performance analyst, as read the post celebrating his birthday a while back, though we are going to clear that up. Unsurprisingly, it was a great chat. It was really fun. Why don't we get right to it? <music> So, okay, as I said, Tom kindly, a key man in my beloved Free Jacks organization on the whole, whose current semi-nebulous job title is, well, what exactly? I, I saw it listed in one place as the New England Free Jacks Hardworking Sports Management and High Performance Analyst, but that was a couple of years ago. Is that is that your current title? Tom, what is your job?
0: Yeah, no, good good question. That um, is, uh, yeah, support performance director currently, um, performance director, my background best- background had been in, in analytics, high performance kind of analytics and strength and conditioning previously. And it's kind of morphed more into like a general manager type role, more so the nuts and bolts of our day to day and our planning and um, those sorts of things, recruitment and stuff. So, yeah, that sort of yeah, encompasses it. Yeah.
1: Sounds like it, it, the, the title might change from year to year, but the uh, the work st- stays the same. Is that kind of it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of it. Yeah. I think we, we might be at a yeah, probably at the at the right the right name for it now. So hopefully we don't have to change it for a year or two now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have to keep redoing your resume every eight months. Um yeah. any any event, listeners, as you can tell, Tom is here. Uh, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast. I really appreciate your taking the time. It's it's just a, a real treat to have you here. And uh so obviously how's everything going? How are you doing?
0: Of course, yeah, cheers, Dave. Um, no, no, going well, thanks. Um, obviously, it's been a, a shortened pre season, uh, off season rather, um, with the one month um, d- uh, delayed start of the 2021 season. So things were just kind of put on hyper speed a little bit after the season in terms of having conversations with players regarding 2022. Um, obviously, the curveball of moving kind of everything that we are down to a new area, the city getting familiar with, with, with that, um, with Quincy and um, the adjacent areas, um, employing and onboarding a new staff um, and, yeah, sort of running from, well, rolling with what was, a, or off maybe, um, what was a pretty good 2021 season that we were all pretty proud of. So, yeah, that's been about about it uh, for me. I've been, yeah, got, got away to California once and got down to DC for the All Blacks game. So sure. we've had a little bit of time to,
1: yeah, Have you recovered recovered from the DC trip yet?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we took it pretty easy. But it it was, the I've been saying, it was the easiest place I've ever been to get a beer. The easiest stadium to get a beer. Really? It was incredible. Yeah.
1: That's that's literally the first good thing I've heard about that stadium. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I know that the feedback on that stadium was so bad. I was like, why is that? But I I had no issues with it. Perhaps park, I don't know, parking, I, I don't know. It seemed fine to me. Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, we were going back and forth. I, I had a ticket. I ended up selling it. Uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Uh, I would have been there by myself. And I, I think halfway through that game, watching us getting our butts kicked, I might've been like, wait a minute, why did I pay for this plane and this hotel? And then, you know, so I still yeah. don't, I still don't know, but there was no way I wasn't going to watch though. That's for sure. So oh, when, yeah. when I was getting ready to, to chat with you, I of course was looking you up and uh you know, when I was first checking out your resume, uh, honestly, I hadn't looked up a picture of you, and I, I sort of thought, okay, this guy's going to be like a 42-year-old, sort of grizzled veteran Got No, 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 you're a young man living a, love, a young man's life. And uh, so the question is, how do you explain that? No, just kidding. <laughs> what, I, what I really want to <laughs> ask is, uh, it seems like you're, you're a pretty accomplished guy for someone of your age. Do you ever think about that? And you, do you even think that's true, or, or are you just someone who's focused on what's next?
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's. Thank you. Um, It's kind of you to say, Um, but yeah, I guess uh, a short short way of telling the story is I finished uh, just a bachelor's degree in physical education in New Zealand um, at 22 years of age, probably 21, 22 years of age, and I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point. I thought maybe I'd be a physiotherapist or an athletic trainer, as it's called over here. Um, perhaps, but then I ended up, there was an internship to be the, actually for the jersey you're wearing right now, the um, ah. an intern, yeah, an intern performance analyst for the Highlanders. So wow. um, I was like, yeah, lucky enough to work with um, Andy Watts and uh, Hayden Chapman, who's now the All Blacks analyst. Um, and while doing that, I actually realized I didn't really enjoy that that, that much. I was looking down. <laughs> into the into the weight room the whole we were based in an office looking down into the weight room and i was like man i would much rather be doing that stuff you know like oh. that was where my passion lay so yeah then I, I did my master's in strength and conditioning i worked a little bit with otago and the npc as an intern um and then uh the, the program i was uh, doing my master's with they have a partnership with dartmouth university or dartmouth college in oh. New Hampshire.
1: i wondered what that connection yeah. was.
0: That's that's it, yeah. So there's been a bunch of Kiwi, Kiwi relatively young blokes and and girls uh, and women as well coming over through that pipeline, um, the last kind of decade, and yeah, ended up over here, uh, fell in love with you know the northeast and, and the place, and that was five and a half six years ago. So yeah, that that's how I got here at least, and and then the rest is sort of just kind of snowballed. It coincided quite well with the start up time of Major League Rugby when I was finishing in the collegiate setting. um would you say you've been with the
1: free jacks from the from the very beginning or
0: pretty pretty much I, i missed the i was in new zealand when we played uh the ontario arrows in 2018 okay um but i did i did code the game like i did the statistics from new zealand for that game oh yeah so I remember it well. And then I was um, in, in the States for the start of the Curra Cup. And then I got, um, I got kicked out of the country to redo my visa. <laughs> uh, so I was in Canada, in Canada for a period. And then I've been back in the country ever since. So, <laughs> Those yeah. lousy, was lousy <laughs> Kiwis
1: of. coming here, taking our jobs. <laughs> so, you That's know, right. I, so I, yeah. as, as a Prejects fan... And it, just an observer, it, it seems to me like we're better and we're stronger and fitter every year. I have to think that you have a large part in that. Is there, you know, is there a philosophy or an attitude or something that you sort of personally bring that you've found really gets results in this kind of situation? So I know it's, it's probably hard to pinpoint when you're in it day in and day out. But, you know, is there sort of a kernel you can give us about what you're all about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. Um... Yeah, you're you're right in saying that we we do we have made significant leaks each each year, and we'll continue to do so hopefully. Um, but the, the the little town where I'm from is called Dunedin. That's quite like a the again the Jersey that you're representing there. It's quite like a cold, ru- sort of rugged. Like the people there are, um, they're they're hardworking, um, loving, but pretty kind of pretty humble people. So I I'd like to think that's sort of what I bring to this organisation. Like we're mm. never going to be the We're not the richest team, um, but we definitely—I like to think—we take care of our players. We take care of our staff. We work hard. We recruit well. We get the right people in, and we perform through guys wanting to be here for the right reasons—not necessarily the some of the other reasons that people might want to come and play professional rugby in America for. So, uh, yeah, I like to think that we—we're kind of you know at the 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 edge of the you know recruiting, clever and and working hard and and um, looking after people realm
1: so something I asked coach when he, when he came on the pod was you know was there someone who really inspired you personally at some point to strive to do what you are doing now so I, I can guess if, if can you think of a you know a moment maybe a, something a coach said or maybe something you witnessed someone else doing that you know when you look back on it you think yeah that that was a key moment for me that was a maybe a turning point
0: yeah um yeah, again, good question. I mean, I, I grew up watching the Highlanders play each week and um, I remember saying when I was in the intermediate school, someone's like, oh, what, what do you think you're going to do when you're older? And I, I had no idea and I said just randomly like, oh, maybe i will be like a conditioning coach for the Highlanders because <laughs> I wow. think I'm watching that weekend. So, uh, yeah, not quite at the, with the Highlanders yet. But, um, yeah, no, I think the other thing that maybe sticks with me is oh, I've got it tattooed down the back of my arm it says, uh, life to be enjoyed. It was what um, my physics teacher at the end of my my high school, or at the end of high school, Bill Trueren said to me once upon a time when we are up at a camp in, in uh, kind of the mountains in New Zealand. And, and that sort of stuck with me. And it, like, it's something that, um, you know, speaking to my parents, I, I really wanted to do something that I was passionate about. So I'm lucky to to be able to do that with the Free Jacks.
1: Well, uh, the, the obvious sort of flip side of that question, of course, is, can you think of a moment when it was you who was doing the inspiring, where you really inspired someone to, or gave them that extra spark? And, you know, do you think that's even something you can see in the moment when it's happening, or is it a matter of a player coming back to you after the fact and saying, Hey, I just want to tell you how important this was to me.
0: Yeah. um, It's probably more so the coaches, the Ryan Martins, the world and stuff that do the inspiring. Like you say, like, I'm not too much older than, than a lot of these guys. And, Um, They're certainly a lot more athletic than me. So um, having said that, I I think that like this year when we had our end-of-year reviews, you could really see that players had genuinely loved their time in Boston, New England this year. Um, And they felt like they had been treated really well and that we had a really crisp, professional outfit given our our relatively limited means so that that was something that i took a lot of pride from because you know that that's what i do want that's what i want our players to feel like when they get here and and throughout their time here and um yeah that that would probably summarize it
1: so i mean what's it like for you day in and day out i mean is there even such a thing as an ordinary day for tom kindly or are you are you always in the gym you, you mentioned that's kind of you, you realize that's where you wanted to be are you spending most of your time in the gym or are you all over the place like do you have a typical day
0: yeah yeah so i mean my role was probably to summarize it best although um we although i do love the strength and conditioning and that was a lot of my background we do have a snc coach and jared collinson the local boston um man who is doing a really good job um and so, so my role is basically a hybrid between a general manager and a um, and a team manager, I, w- I would say. So l- I look after our week. It depends what time of the year, but you know, in, in season, I'm coordinating all of our travel, our flights, our yeah. hotels, our our meals for trips away, doing our team sheet, making sure that our day flows well, um, coordinating meetings with our staff, and. Um, you know, making sure that everyone is in a position to be able to do their job to the best of their ability, essentially. So, yeah, it just varies so. much. Obviously, the off season is, is recruitment and and getting new leases for housing and um, setting up a budget for the next year and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that that it varies so much, but but it's definitely more huh. of like a sitting at a desk behind a computer um, role for the most part although obviously we're still going out to clinics and camps and stuff like that as well so it's just so yeah at one moment you might be wearing a button-up shirt then the next moment you're wearing uh, rugby boots and a pair of shorts
1: <laughs> that must be really cool so it sounds like your role isn't all about just the strength it sounds like you're you're about wellness you're about sort of fitness you know probably physically and mentally and just sort of stability and wellness of the team as a whole unit is that right
0: yeah, yeah that, that that's right. It's like, yeah, like making sure. For example, we, we pick a guy up from the airport. We get them settled in. The next day, we pick them up. Usually, me, I'll pick them up, take them to get a bank account, take them to get their phone number sorted for our foreign players, and get them settled in. So for me, it's just you know, it's more the the big rocks, the the whole like kind of yeah, holistic uh, approach for for the for the players. You know, we've got thirty three contracted players, so just making sure that they're all settled in and, and a position to perform and even that that sometimes manifests and for our local guys helping them get a job in the area stuff like that so um yeah
1: is there sort of a a reassuring factor when kiwi players come and they meet up with you is there sort of a few oh, a little little slice of home here is that really <laughs> reassuring for them
0: um i'm sure i'm sure I'm sure it probably is uh and hopefully I can hold on to my accent for a little bit longer so I can <laughs> you know hang on to that factor but um yeah, I mean we've definitely loved having the i think the, the Kiwis fit in really well with our playing group they they love our american boys um and we have yeah they've they've added a lot of value um i think they they don't typically kiwis they don't need too much, you know they're <laughs> that it's an awesome city. They get to go to a couple of Red Sox games. They get to play professionally all across the States. Yeah. Um, you know, they get to develop as rugby players. You know, that that's about, they're, they're happy with that. You know, they don't need to be in five-star apartments. They, they, um, they're pretty easy going. So that's always nice.
1: So in your capacity there with the Free Jacks, has there been a player or maybe a couple of players who just really surprised you in terms of, I don't know, it could be physical ability, maybe resiliency or stick someone who just sort of outperformed your initial estimation of that person?
0: Yeah, um, there's probably a few. Um, in terms of American boys, um, Quentin Newcomer, who has only started playing rugby, I think, four years ago now, to now be such a dominant force.
1: It's almost um, time to it, it, it's almost time to change his name, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he's ne- I'm sure he's never heard that before.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some great one-liner uh, quips on Twitter going around at the moment uh, <laughs> regarding Quinton. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really impressed me. I think he'll be a guy pushing for national team selections um, definitely this year coming. Uh, Jackson Thebus is another one. Um, another guy who hasn't played a huge amount of rugby and is competing with the best uh, of the second rowers across the league, and and got called into the USA camp oh. as well. Um, yeah, so th- those boys have been doing uh, definitely impressed me. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of stickability um John Poland would probably be one who's um, been he's played just about every game and every minute of every game
1: for the. He's been games. so good. He's been so good.
0: He is so much yeah, fun to watch. So- yeah, we're lucky to retain um, John's, JP services and and hopefully get his partner over for a bit this year as well and sort of help him feel a bit more at home over this side of the pond.
1: So you've known a lot of these guys for a while now. Who's the biggest joker on the Free jacks? It's always one real cut-up, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got um, – I think because, you know, we had a great cohort of Fijian players this year just been and uh, we've always had a, a strong contingent as I think you need in any team of Polynesian boys. So, Pileli mm-hmm. um, P- Rinikana, um no, no one, I, I think, he, <laughs> there's always jokes going around that no one knows actually how old he is. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know if I've seen his, his passport before, but uh, yeah, he's one of the old, he he's sort of like the dad of the crew, you know, and and uh, he always has those um, the poly boys laughing and and cracking up. So he, I actually went and picked up some. They were giving away some couches today, so went and picked up a couple of couches from him. And he's always doing everything he can to support
1: huh. the team,
0: which is really cool and and looks after the you know, because for some of those boys, they either they may not speak a huge amount of English or they they haven't lived abroad, so. Uh, he and his wife have been fantastic at sort of helping welcome guys into the area. And that's been, been really special. So, but he's definitely a bit of a jokester. He's got about four teeth, um, uh, four teeth in his upper gum. And when he gets that big smile going, it cracks everyone up. eh? So, yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know the the Vigians, there's something extra silly about them. I've seen some really funny, uh, uh, Daniela Tupo is putting some funny, funny videos out there. It's great stuff. So yeah. So I'd love to ask you about your, your early days. Um, we already, before we started recording, we, we mentioned, so you're from Otago recently and you attended the boys school there. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Otago boys high school. So can you tell me about those school days? I'm guessing they involved lots of rugby. Were, were you much of a player? Or were you just somebody who enjoyed it?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I played rugby through, through my youth. We actually had age grades, um, so under 38, under 48 and under 65 kgs, which I'm not sure exactly what that is. It's probably like a hundred, 120 and like 150 pounds.
1: Oh, weight classes instead of age classes. That's smart.
0: Yeah. For, you know, that's like under 14 rugby. So, so really young kids, but um, that's where I started. Uh, I remember some cold, cold days and there's there's guys who played in those competitions who are playing super rugby now. And, um, so yeah that's where everyone starts and then you went to Otago Boys High School which it looks like Hogwarts it's up on a hill in Dunedin um you yeah you all wear a a gray button-up shirt with a tie and a blazer uh look the same um (laughs) you behind the gray shirt (laughs)
1: that's
0: that's right yeah um that's where Richie McCall went to school uh Ryan Martin, our coach was actually my teacher there um and played a bit yeah, played a bit of rugby, but um, not at a very high level. Um, and so, yeah, I'd I always loved my my uh, sports, but I certainly wasn't a very good rugby. I wasn't a very good uh, rugby player in the grand scheme of things. Some of the boys who came came from there. Josh Dixon's currently a Highlander. He was in my year. Uh, Josh Renton is with Southland at the moment. Wow! I think there's a yeah, like fourteen of the the boys in my year um, went professional. Uh, at a school. So it was a very strong player, player group there.
1: Well, that's, that brings me perfectly to my next question. So how does that system work in New Zealand? I, I get the the general impression that schools are sort of can be sort of direct feeders into the pro level. Is that the case? So is there an affiliation that your school had with the Otago rugby club or the Highlanders? Um, of course, there's also heartland rugby, which I know nothing about. Is that another way you can have a connection? How does that system work?
0: Yeah um yeah so the you play for your school your high school and then you'll you might be selected for um like the regional like are you six to under 16 or an under 18 group in particular uh team for for example otago um and that would be a collaboration of the best boys schools uh, traditionally so otago boys kings kings um high school some some of the big ones down that way um and then in the olden days, you'd you'd typically go and play club rugby first. So there's there's sort of eight to ten very strong clubs in the Dunedin area, and you'd go and play against men at that point. Okay. Um, and then that's sort of the player pool that you are selecting from for the professional ranks, which uh, is still the case now. But there's a lot more players that will go straight from school now into. I think players are playing younger, or you know, um. Being certainly being selected younger um, huh. into the professional setups, yeah, straight out of high school, they're being they're being plucked out of these schools, and um, there's a lot of exposure on the the high school game in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, then the, the, traditionally there is a bit of a you know, there's the majority would go to their their area, um, being Otago, and in, in our case, and and if they would if they would go well there, they'd go into the Highlanders setup um, after the might ten season.
1: So is that connection, is, is that system of schools connecting to clubs directly, is that how we were able to, a couple of years ago, have that I'm incredible, the, the North versus South game? Um, was, that only, was that already two years ago? That, oh, man. Is that how people are sort of affiliated with this region versus that? Because it doesn't seem like you could do that here.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it was it was quite confusing, wasn't it? It was nearly a little bit confusing because I think it was where they were born or where they went to school. Yeah, like it was like you the, your
1: first club, but not necessarily... I can't remember how they did it, but people seemed upset.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that that would be... Yeah, that would be... But yeah, everyone traditionally would have their club that they'd be affiliated to, whether they played junior... Because you'd play juniors for that club too, potentially. Um, you'd play your junior rugby Um for say a Lambre Union, and then you go to high school and play your high school rugby, and then you might go back to that club if you are staying in the same area too. Um, but then obviously there's university and stuff, so you, you might end up hitting off elsewhere.
1: So uh, listeners, as uh, Tom's already mentioned, I, I busted out my lovely Highlanders jersey from a couple seasons ago. And uh, am I right in thinking that you're still a Highlanders fan? And are you able to watch Super Rugby at all? You know, and by the way. If the answer is yes, that will make you liter- that will literally double the number of people I know who follow Super Rugby, including me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I do. certainly do follow it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been challenging sort of to follow recently with all the different changes and competitions and delays, but uh, I, I think it's going to be really cool to see Moana Pacifica and, and the Drua enter, and, and actually one of our boys at least will be with the Drua with Tuadraki some oh, of Audrey. he just yeah, sign with a Drua? Oh yeah. I didn't
1: see that. Oh I'll be sad to see him go, but that's a, that's awesome for him.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's fantastic. There's certainly something we want to see from Bianca and Radi going to Gloucester. Like the more players we've got going up into into those top flight competitions, the better it definitely, you know, tells a, a really good story for our program.
1: Well, you already cracked the, the the next question I was going to ask. Do you have any thoughts about the addition of the Fiji Drua or the Moana Pacifica teams? So on one hand, to me, just as a fan, I'm like, oh, yes, get Pacific Islanders in there, you know, give these players a chance to play in the, at this level. It's just going to make it a more exciting competition for me. But I'm hearing a lot, of, uh, a lot of negativity saying it's just really a massive land grab for New Zealand. There's the requirement that I guess if you're going to – that these teams will be – residing in New Zealand for basically the exact amount of time it will take to make them qualified to play or get picked for the All Blacks? do you, you know? Is it a cynical move? Is it a great move? Do you, do you have a take on it?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have read some of those bits and pieces and from what I understand, if they play for Moana Pacifica, like you said, being based in, in New Zealand, that's not going to harm their chances of playing for the All Blacks, if if they want to become, you know, New Zealand qualified. Um, but the Fijian Drua, on the other hand, I'm, I'm not potentially they count as a capturing. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm not exactly sure. But um, there were some comments made the other day that that read as though if they were. If they were going to play for the Fiji and Drua, that would um, lessen their chances of being eligible for the for the All Blacks and drew course. So I think probably I think it's a great thing for the islands, you know, for Tonga and um, and Samoa and, and Fiji to have a, a clear pathway to play professionally um, on island when, when playing on island. And um, yeah, I, I don't think that can I don't think that can really hurt anyone. It's just it's more opportunity to play professionally, which is which is great for those for those communities
1: uh, i i'm looking forward to it i, I try to <laughs> i'm sure there's political behind the scenes stuff and i'm very happy to not know yeah. anything about it
0: <laughs> yeah we'll just sit back and watch it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's the exciting part for me so oh by the way i meant to say earlier when you mentioned uh you know you're watching if somebody asked you what you might want to do. And you had just watched the Highlanders and you thought, Oh, maybe a conditioning coach for the Highlanders. I love the fact that you looked at a professional rugby team and were like, I could make those guys in much better condition. <laughs> those guys need my help to get fit. I have never had that feeling. <laughs>
0: no, I, yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I did a, I did a um, a rowing chat with the Highlanders in one preseason. They'd had like an amazing race and they would, we've got the street. It's the world's steepest street uh, called Bourbon street. And they'd like do a relay up there and, um, they'd do like a rowing marathon and they didn't have enough numbers for the rowing marathon um, so they called me in to with one of the groups I was with like Jimmy Lynch's um, uh, potentially like Liam Squire or another back rower like that um, and, and one of the props um, who was injured at the time and Like I've never been in so much pain after that, and I think that's that's part of the reason I say to our staff all the time, like we, you know, we owe it to these players. They're going to put their their heads out on the line, you know, for us each week for the for the jersey. For the least we can do is make sure that they're getting massages, that they're getting smoothies, that they're getting, you know, the best possible treatment that we can give them. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're going to scrutinize their performance. So the least Mm. we can do is make sure we look after those things.
1: I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, if you don't mind i would like to switch quickly to our eagles if even just for a minute uh we we can't pretend it it didn't happen and and you were there uh obviously the good news was two tries two more tries than we've ever scored in total so historically significant but of course i mean the abs as i said it's only the fourth time we've played them but you know in the last couple years the the narrative seems to be hey usa rugby it's on it's on its way up there's upward trends for all this stuff but then when we watch, we're losing to Uruguay. Uh, we're losing by more points than the All Blacks had ever scored in a game previously against us, at least. Um, I, I think all our other defeats to them have been in the 70s. This year, they, like on the docket, this should have been a 60-point loss. You know, it sounds silly, but how did it get this bad? Shouldn't we have been better at this time?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's so many different different parts that go into answering that question. Um uh, the first of them, I, I see Canada, Canada just cited the perfect storm um, of interruption with COVID being the reason for their demise. And I think certainly that that is a part of it. In 2020, North American rugby players didn't get any rugby and they only got 2021. So that's something we definitely need to consider. Um, the other part is, I, I see Brian Ray wrote, uh, drew up a uh, 15 of players from the U- Or who could represent the U S who were unavailable for whatever reason. Oh. And it's a, it's a, yeah, very handy group of players. So there was genuinely sort of 15 good players who would have at least pushed for selection sure. unavailable for that.
1: I, I think, I think AJ was fit, but I think sales not interested in letting him go I, I, go I think, anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hard to yeah. blame them, I guess. No, I think yeah, you can justify the the qualifiers and the the windows, but for the games outside of the windows, you can completely understand um, why they want to protect a player they've invested a lot in. Um, I think the biggest well, the, there are two more, and the, the the first of the two is that someone raised a good point that you know we've got a lot of players coming through now from different regions, being coached by different players, being pulled through from college from. UA team level, not going to college, from guys who are seen playing club rugby in Boston, Seattle, wherever. Um, a lot of players coming through, getting different coaching, but not necessarily training together and building cohesion and, mm. and under, under the same game plan. Whereas like a Chile or, or Uruguay in particular, they've got, you know, a lot of players training centrally um, under, although there's SLA down there, the, the um, South American League Um they're, they're at the same time they're training together. So even if we've got like the better players, I think there's so much to be said for those players training together, centralized.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so it's just gonna take it's just gonna take more time. And then the final one is just the, the super the players that you see playing for the All Blacks in the weekend, it, albeit that was their B team, really. Um, you know, to, to, be, to be in the All Blacks, you've got to be very good at high school level. You've got to be very good at age grade level, very good at NPC, very good at super rugby. So these guys coming through, getting into the All Blacks level are so battle-hardened. They're so good at what they do. Um, that uh, And then you've got the, um, the Eagles who have just, you know, if they're solid at MLR level for a season, which is some of them, like Benji Benasso just came in, US qualified, played well for one season. It's just such a disparity in, in um, the experience and, and um, quality of competition for these players. So I, I truly think it'll get there, but it's just got we need to keep going with the same the same method and, and probably streamline some some systems a little bit to get it there.
1: Well, everyone says you get better by facing the stiffest competition. And if, if that's true, we we probably got a lot better this last weekend. Um do you think that's the case? Always, or is there a tipping point when it's just kind of the seniors beating up on the junior varsity?
0: Yeah, um, I think it would have been a great experience for all those guys. Like, a it's something they're ne- never ever going to forget ever, mm. nor probably anyone that that went to that game, which is such an amazing atmosphere. Um, yeah, so definitely you wouldn't want to schedule games like that too often. <laughs> They've had Ireland and the All Blacks in one year now, I'm sure the boys have probably had enough of getting trounced. Um, but yeah, more competition against, as much competition as possible against the Fijis of the world, all the island teams, um, uh, Uruguay, you know, teams that are sort of on the same pedestal, even Italy's teams like that, I think is, is Scotland's, is going to be really, really beneficial for, for our boys to play, you know, a little bit above our reach and, and to, you know, be dragged up with the current.
1: So, uh, by the way, I have this this great new theory. I'm sure you're going to, agree with this um so if playing teams that are better than you make you stronger obviously the reverse has to be true too so really this is just usa rugby's long-term plan to make the the all blacks really bad right (laughs) we're we're just (laughs) dulling their edge all the time is that right
0: no that's that's a great shout yeah now now canada are playing portugal and whoever else they're playing so i don't know what the story is there but surely they can't get any any worse
1: well, it, it times look like dark for Canada, but they have some upcoming fixtures scheduled and, and we don't like we're going to face Chile. And if I'm right, that's going to be about a year from now. Um, and again, like you said, we just haven't had any rugby for such a long period. I, I really wish there were some tests for the Eagles coming up is, I mean, you're probably the wrong person to ask, but is, you know, is something in the works? Are they still hoping for something or is it just kind of okay next year in Chile?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I know there's typically November tests, um, and I, I guess there, there there may not be due to the consolidation of like quite a few tests right. and, and sort of the same period of time because there there are also rules around like player rest periods and stuff like that and I, I don't I don't know too too much as you and as you kind of insinuated about those things but yeah I, I haven't seen any confirmation that there are going to be any more games uh, yeah uh, although the the selects are playing. One more, at least. I think they're playing Uruguay to wrap up that um the competition down in Uruguay at the moment. Oh,
1: I hadn't even spotted that. Um, so it, it's funny because this is a great segue that I re- this is what I really wanted to ask you about too. When we talk about some of these, uh, you know, Uruguay and w- what I'm getting at is, if I'm right, yeah. you had a chance to work with the USA with USA rugby with the uh, for the Pacific Nations Cup back in 2019. Uh, that, that feels like three lifetimes ago, and somehow when it happened, I completely missed it. I don't even know if it was televised, but it's, I, I just was looking it up, and it looked like an incredible competition. Uh, how did you get involved with that in the first place?
0: Yeah, um, so I was sort of a little bit lucky, um, I, I guess, where I'd worked with the collegiate men's and women's programs as a volunteer, and, and I got to know some of the U.S. staff. Um, Hugh Bevan in particular the head of strength and conditioning for the US um, and then they they were looking for someone for the Rugby World Cup 2019 um, tournament um, who could go and do cover both analytics and SNC. and c okay um, yeah so I was probably lucky that you know I wasn't doing too much at the time it was our off season with the Free Jacks, and then um, I had experience with both of those kind of worlds um, of of high performance so um, yeah I was lucky to go to the PNC in Fiji where we played um, we played Fiji we we played Japan and we played we played really well I think we played um, Samoa as well Mm -hmm. Um, we played really well in in all of those games and there there was an amazing experience and then obviously the World Cup as well where we probably underperformed a little bit but we gave uh, gave France a really good crack and then I think we'd throw in everything at, at the wall by the time we played Tonga for our last game where some people were, were saying potentially you know we could have rested some of the better players and tried to make sure we win that Tonga game but I think they did the right thing by just trying to you know put out the best performance possible in all of those four games.
1: So I'm I'm bitter that I missed that tournament it looks like it was so exciting. Uh, I see Fiji placed one place higher than us but it was we had the same record. It was that there was a two-point difference in the points differential. That was the only thing that kept us from being in second rather than third place. So I guess my question is, if you could recreate that tournament, but pick, you know, so the same sort of format, but your chance is to pick the five other nations that we're going to play against, um, what would those nations do you think be? And also really, would your main goal be we want to test our metal in every single match and sort of pick teams that are going to be better than us. Or do you want to make it about winning to build some confidence and some momentum for a change?
0: Yeah. um, Oh, no, I think we've got to set our sights higher than like Chile. Like, you know, personally, I don't want to hear the U S being talked about in the same conversation as Chile and Brazil. And like, surely we, we should be wiping the floor with those teams. Like, oh. although like Brazil is not not a team to be laughed at, and, and neither are like um, you know, some of those teams are certainly like really up and coming, the likes of Brazil now. Um, but I think those teams that we played in that competition, I think we only played some You know, better than me, Samara in Japan. I don't think we played Fiji, but like they were such good tests and so even. Um, and we, we, you know, you've really got to play up to Japan with the top league, their mm. quality outfit, and they may have they may have run out some weaker players against us. I'm sure they probably did, but um, those those sorts of nations are just a really good tests, I think. So I think if if Gary had an opportunity and the, the US staff to and players even to pick, I'm sure they'd love more competition against like quality teams like those.
1: If one of these tournaments could happen every year and we could sort of count on it i feel like that would be incredibly good for usa rugby like the the fact that obviously it's not going to be of the same level as like a six nations but at least you know the six nations is going to happen every single year and and usa we don't have that Uh, i feel like that's something we need to change Do do you think that's maybe in the cards for the future i mean we're having so much trouble financially right now maybe it's just out of maybe it's just out of reach no,
0: I think that's that's awesome. Like we know, MLR is going to finish in end of June each year, so you know July is a perfect time um, and the the test window there to to have something like that scheduled. And obviously, they've got to be World Cup qualifiers as well. But I, yeah, I think something to look forward to. And, and it's like for the for the average fan for any, for anyone, it's confusing to work out what games are going to be when. Like you say, like obviously the broadcasting is a real issue. Um, it's it's just hard to be a fan. It's yeah. hard to know where, when, 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 uh, what games have been played. So, I'm completely with you. I think, yeah, if we can get some kind of clarity on the schedule, that's that's awesome.
1: Well, somebody you know smarter than I recently pointed out that. The, the weird thing in America is how the whole thing is sort of flipped upside down. Like, okay. You want to watch professional rugby? Great. There's this, there's this rugby network website. You can watch every single game for free. Isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, oh now you want to watch the next level with our national team. No, that's not available or well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's 30 bucks a month. And they play twice a year. So, you know, it really should, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't it be easy to see the Eagles and that makes you say, okay, how do I find these other things now?
0: Yeah, complete, completely. You're completely right. It should be, yeah, there should be more people accidentally flicking on the TV and, and coming across it, you know? Um, so you're completely, completely right.
1: Um, well, is it, uh, uh, if you probably haven't listened to the, the pod, but I, I mentioned at one point uh, in high school, a friend of mine went to New Zealand for this really specialized, it was like an outdoor survival and spelunking program. Uh, and it was really great. He just loved it so much and he loved New Zealand. He came back wearing his swan dry, <laughs> described how this is the best the, the best uh, garment in the world. And he came back also yeah, to, nice. to, he came back to tell me that the best sport in the world is called rugby and the best team in the world is called the All Blacks. And so for years after that, I'm like, okay, you know, if you get home at 2.30 in the morning, ESPN 3 might have a random international test on it. But as an american fan it's like oh okay well here's that game i've heard about that's good okay there's a bunch of people in the crowd holding signs that say try is that all they care about it, it not not kill them not get them not dominate try that how is that good enough yeah <laughs> so really hard to sort of get your claws into <laughs>
0: no that's a, that's yeah uh, that, that's that sounds like the beginning of a comedy skit that would um no that's yeah like that makes sense that stuff people are very naive about like they people abroad a lot of foreigners coming into the league and into rugby in this country out there and and they all think a lot of them think they've got the answer to to solving it and I think the answer to solving it is systems and a lot of hard work and Mm. you know that's not easy to do so yeah that's our challenge
1: Uh, so I've, I've had you for quite a while and thank you again for, for joining me. If I could, I would love to ask you just a a couple more free Jacks questions before we call it a night.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, I did notice in this game versus the all blacks and uh, a couple previous ones, I don't see any free Jacks on the USA Eagles. So can we blame you personally for that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for two for two counts. Uh, a, I'm not recruiting them, and B, um, we're not develop, developing them quick enough. No, we do we do have a few. We've got a few guys in the in the selects. Justin Johnson, um, uh, Harry Barlow, and Sean Yacoubian, who's now oh, right, US right. eligible, the, the halfback. So they're they're in the USA selects, um, and we do have a couple others that are. I think we'd probably be in that picture if they. Well, Jackson Thebus was training with the squad. Quinton Newcomer isn't too far away. Joe Johnston turned down the opportunity to play for the Eagles at the moment due to it would interfere with his New Zealand eligibility and, oh. and the ability to potentially play, play Super Rugby. Um, so he made that decision for now. And Harrison Boyle is also eligible. So, um, yeah, the, the other thing is there also um, scarcity um, means that uh, uh, commodities become more expensive. So that's another part of it, too, is, you know, some of the, the key U.S. players are, are, are expensive in the market. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of where you choose to spend your money and, and oh,
1: those okay. sorts of things. Interesting. So j- just a couple more things. So, as a, as again uh, again as a fan, the move from Union Point to Veterans Memorial Stadium, that was like a a great gift for our for us fans. It really made a huge difference. Um, did that have any effect on the players? Did they notice a difference? Did it matter to them, or was it just another day? You know, show me where the field is.
0: Oh no, yeah, they they loved it. Like, I mean, it's it's just so much more professional. Like, they've got a. Changing room with showers. It's got the TV, and you can have you know pre-game stuff going on on the TV in there. Um, so much more professional. Uh, there's an actual coach's box where you know previously in the first game, I think our head coach was about to have a heart attack. He was like trying to radio a message to our sideline, and someone's like spilling a beer on him, and like he would have never seen anything like it before. Us <laughs> feeling a little bit mortified, like trying to like fight off these drunk people. <laughs> um so uh we're, we're essentially a startup business but we're you know we're definitely I'm doing as much as I can to to professionalize as quickly as as we can so our, our players love that we've got to get we've got to sort out the lines though um the lines are no good on on the field that looks looks terrible um well, but aside from that like it,
1: it's sort of painted for like four I think maybe even five different sports that that is rough
0: yeah, it's I, I know some players had issues like trying to see where the 22 was when calling a mark, mm. for example, and but the, the crowd was awesome. Like it, it, it felt really full. It felt like you know, as you know, when you cut, it's like a cauldrony cool feel. You come in that one entrance, you've got to go past the merchandise tent, you've got to go past the food and beverages. Everything's a lot more accessible. Previously, I was at the ground walking around. I was like, I have no idea where this merch tent is that people talk about. Like. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Let's say the map didn't necessarily re- resemble the, uh, the reality as much as we would have liked.
0: <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. yeah I believe well,
1: it. So one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times is, you know, making sure. So if we're not the, the richest team with the biggest budget, you can do all these little things to make players just happy and, and think about their overall life and their overall wellness. But, and I think this is going to be basically my last question can you think of something that you could make significantly better for the club simply with money? So in other words, remove the human element, remove remove all that great stuff that you do. So if I was a rich mysterious benefactor and I offered to buy the club, one huge ticket item, what would you choose that thing to be? You know, a, a new training facility, additional staff, more amenities for the players, where would you want to drop a huge wad of cash to make the biggest difference you could?
0: Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, good, good question. I mean, you could answer that so many different ways. <laughs> um, I think if you had a big enough water cash and you dumped it into player salaries, you could probably do an LA, and you know, you could you could probably convince a few guys that probably shouldn't be playing over here to play over here and win and win the league. But I don't know how much oh. satisfaction that'd give you. Um, I, I think coaching is always a good one, and coaching support. Um, for me like to selfishly I, my, my head automatically went to you know if we could have two bedroom modern, like you know super modern um, apartments convenient to the to the field um, for every player um, and a vehicle between two you know that'd be a dream scenario but ah. um, that that, w- that would be probably the thing I, I would you know try to set our players up with like you know top class service there but yeah, we do a pretty good job with what we've got, so we've got no no excuses.
1: Well, as soon as I become filthy rich, you'll be the first person I let know. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it.
1: So, again, Tom, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been a ton of fun. The very last thing before I go, what's something you're most looking forward to in terms of the next season coming up for the Free Jacks?
0: Yeah, I think this is probably the most exciting year we've got. We've, we've had... Um, upcoming to date I'm still we've still COVID still a thing the world's still a little bit crazy so you never know what's going to happen but um, you know we've got a head coach coming in who's going to be here with his family year round which is going to be a game changer Mm -hmm. we've got a a facility of our own and our own gym and that we've got access to year round which is again going to be a game changer we can actually be doing things to better our performance all off season long Um, and everything's convenient you know our players are 15 minutes from um, the headquarters and the fields five minutes away from there. So they've truly got like I think we've got one of the be- the better setups in the league now, um, and it's in a really awesome part of Boston. It's a great city. So um, yeah, I, I'm just excited about kind of you know our setup, uh, our coaching group for sure, and then the playing group. We've got most of the playing group back from last year, which is really good in terms of continuity, and then some really strong additions. So. Yeah, I mean, it's all there to, to do really well, so.
1: So are you looking forward to Coach Matthew actually arriving? So you're obviously, I think you're probably officially a New, a New Englander now, so did you give him any advice about moving to Massachusetts during the winter? Because <laughs> I, I told him, you know, <laughs> within a month, your family are going to be asking a lot of questions that sound like, what is the matter with you? Why have you done this to us? <laughs> Why do you hate yeah. us so much? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, no, I'd probably... Yeah, dress warm and don't go outside unless you have to. Would probably be the the the, um, the most important um, points. When though, I mean, you'd be better. What what would you what would you, Tom?
1: <laughs> don't move here in the winter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's dead right. Yeah. Um, now the good thing is we're on the road, not for his wife and kid, but we're going to be obviously we play on the road for the first four or five weeks, so um, he only has to do. A month and a half two months of winter and then he's out so
1: well i told him all he's got to do is say okay guys team building exercise you're all coming to my house and you're shoveling my driveway hey
0: yeah team. yeah they, there you go yeah yeah so no it'll be it be great to have, i know he's excited they've got the interview all sorted and they're going to be kind of Oh, well, he's going to be in Boston and sort of December 1st and then Mike Rogers will be be here just after Christmas and then our players will start January 3rd January 4th sort of time so yeah it's not not too far away now
1: that's excellent I can't wait um, I, I will let you go I of course have to ask the last thing will the Free Jacks make the playoffs this season and why is the answer an emphatic yes
0: Oh, you've got to say yes. You've got to, got to back yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're certainly good enough. You know, we've we've got the, the players to to make the playoffs, and um, we've we've got a really strong culture and um, within within our group. And the boys really like to play for each other and to play for the fans. I think we've got one of the best fan bases in the league. So I think that goes such a long way. Players being happy um, and, and really playing for their jersey. So I think that'll be enough that'll be enough. Uh, for us to get over the line, um, in addition to the other, the other improvements we've made. At the same time, though, like that's not the biggest. I think success for me is really like um, a making sure that the organisation is a really positive place to be, and players are getting better and enjoying their time here, and fans are really enjoying the experience and feeling like the players give to give back to the region. And then um, beyond that, that we're developing players um, is really important as well. So. You know, if we're doing those things, results take a back seat. But um, obviously, we all want to win. So, you know, we're, we're a New England team at the end of the day, aren't we?
1: Yeah. And, and we fans are really proud of the home record uh, that it feels like we shouldn't have even lost that one game last year. It felt like, you know, we have a fortress here. And we're, I think we're all looking forward to that
0: yeah that that Nola game I mean if we'd if we'd won that we would have been in the playoffs so you can you can look back at that that Nola game away too with that try in the corner and I think shit we got hard done by but yeah you know that's the way that's the way sport goes sometimes
1: We won a couple of last minute ones too though so we were on both ends of that that sword I guess
0: yeah um, that's right
1: anyway this has been so great tom kindly sir you are aptly named and i think i speak for all free jacks fans when i say we're we're really glad to have you here thank you for the amazing hard work you do the long hours the commitment you've shown in all these different areas just to the organization in general you really you are first class and thank you so much for joining me on the the earth today it's been fantastic
0: thanks mate really really enjoyed it um thanks for all you do to support us and um yeah, I um, thanks to the preparation as well It was, it was uh, I could see the hard work you put into preparing for this so oh. <laughs>
1: thank you very much <laughs> Well uh, that's why I'm so highly paid so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we'll have to get you doing an episode from the the, the headquarters uh, at uh, some point yeah. oh I, I would do
1: that I'm actually it's funny you mentioned so, uh, something about the, the start of a sketch comedy I think that I'm actually working on some rugby cartoons too so maybe maybe I'll send some of those along.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh mate. Yeah, absolutely absolutely. Yeah, you've you've got my number and you know, for um anytime you've got any tips for me, maybe you have heard of players coming off contract, you can let me know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you can say conditioning tips. Nope, won't be sending any of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. There, I hope... there
0: we go. That, that... What's that? I was just gonna say that's one what for... I was gonna say that's one for your skit. You can um you can uh come and do a strength and conditioning workout with the players. <laughs>
1: That would make a good cartoon. That's about, that's about the only good thing it would make. (laughs) Well, Tom, it has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Hope to catch you soon. Cheers for now. And here's to a great season coming up.
0: Good, man. Appreciate that. Have a great
1: night. Okay. That definitely does it for this bonus episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming along for all your support, for sharing your ideas And hint, hint, for leaving me a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. So I've been pretty frank with you guys recently. Things are tight for us, so I have added the listener support option to the pod. Uh, It will appear in the show notes. Uh, Any support you could give would be fantastic. Some of you probably noticed, or most of you would have, I tried the leadoff advertisement option last week. I would sort of been waiting for them to make that available to me. So when it became available, I instantly jumped on it. But you know what? It didn't feel right. I didn't like it. And I I feel like my listeners probably didn't like it either. So I'm just going to skip that. That does mean if you do have any ability to help out at all, it would be greatly appreciated. But at least it's important. I would say more so. As always, please just reach out with your questions, your ideas. I am at of scrum. I can be emailed via the scrum of the earth at gmail.com. And of course, you can find me, same thing, all one word, the Scrum of the Earth podcast on the Insta. So, anyway, that was that. So much fun. Thank you all for, for listening all over the world. I'm looking at you, Germany. Cheers. Talk to you soon and be well. <laughs> We keep our eyes on